This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from the book of Ephesians. The chapter is 3. The verses are 14 through 21. And the title of this week's lesson is Another Prayer. That's Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. In the New King James Version, the text reads, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Another prayer. Paul writes this prayer as a concluding thought in Ephesians 3. Let us look at Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 as a model. Let us enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 100. Thank you, Father, for your word, your truth, your will, and your way. We pray that our study is uplifting and edifying. We pray for forgiveness of all the many faults we perpetrate. And we pray for those who stand afar off as well as those who are near. We ask these and all other blessings and favors in Jesus' name. Amen. And you read a prayer from Paul, and he wrote 31 prayers that are documented in the New Testament. It motivates you to write one yourself. We have the right as his children to make our concerns known. We have the right to approach his throne of grace. We have the right to make our concerns and requests known to God. Philippians 4 and verse 6. Known to our Heavenly Father. We enjoy this wonderful privilege he is willing to hear and answer on his time. 1 Peter 3 and verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. 
but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. New American Standard. Or Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against evil doers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. New American Standard. Seek to do righteous. Seek to be righteous. This chapter in these verses, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, both conclude the preceding section and introduces what follows. It is the resumption of the Apostle's prayer for his readers that commenced in chapter 1, verses 15 through 19, when he wrote, I do not cease to give thanks. Because Paul relied on prayer, it is not surprising to find prayers scattered throughout his epistles. Early in the letter, Paul prayed for the Christians to know more about God, specifically to, quote, know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Verse 14 in our study. I bow. Prayer must be reverent. Paul showed reverence by bowing when he prayed. Prayer was carried out in different positions. It is less the position and more the attitude that matters. Daniel is recorded as having knelt down on his knees three times a day to pray and give thanks before his God. Daniel 6, verse 10. Jesus fell on his face and prayed. Matthew 26, verse 39. And Mark 14, verse 35. Again, in our study, to the Father in verse 14. Prayer must be directed. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew 6 and verse 9. Because God is the provider of every good gift and every perfect gift, James 1 and 17, and because our Father who is in heaven is willing to give good gifts to those who ask him, Matthew 7 and verse 11. Takes us to verse 16 in our study, that he would grant. Prayer must be expectant. Paul anticipated that God would grant his petition. As James noted, we must Ask in faith with no doubting, James 1 and 6. Paul bows consistently to the Father, 
who is the reality in all contingent relationships of all cause and effect interactions of creator and created in this world and the next. Paul asks that he must give what his readers need to strengthen the inner person so that Christ will dwell in their hearts through faith, so that they may be grounded in love, so that nothing may disturb the community's felicitous life in Christ. Paul prayed for individual Christians' increased inner strength. The inner man is the spiritual man. Recall the threefold nature of man, body, soul, spirit. Notice 17 in our lesson. Paul prayed, Paul also prayed that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. The spirit, the pneuma, the heart of mind is the center of the feeling, thinking, willing part of man, the inner man. Our relationship with Jesus begins with faith. Ephesians 3 and verse 17 and Galatians 3 verses 26 and 27. And it results in our being rooted and grounded in love. Note verse 18 and 19 in our study. Paul prays for clarity. He prays for the saints to be able to comprehend the different ways to see and know the truth, the width and length, depth and height. These vectors are metaphors referring to the awesome extent of God's truth. The extent of God's truth incorporates but is not limited to the fact that God is all-powerful, Ephesians 1 and 19, God is rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 and verse 4. God distributes unbounded grace and God is unlimited in wisdom, Ephesians 3 and verse 10. Truth is multifaceted. The love of Christ surpasses all human understanding, be it individual, corporate, quantifiable or qualifiable. Through this enlightened understanding, this recognition of the multifaceted aspect of God's love, we know that God delights in his children. Christ Jesus enfleshed in our midst calls us to his love who appears saying, I am. I am the bread of life, John 6 and 35. I am the light of the world, John 8 and verse 12. I am the door, John 10, verse 9. I am the good shepherd, John 10, verse 11 and 14. I am the resurrection and the life, John 11 and verse 25. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, verse 6. I am the vine, 
John 15, verse 1 and verse 5. In all of these aspects, Christ Jesus calls us to his love. In Jesus Christ is our recognition of God's truth. Jesus is the domain where God gives revelatory perspective. Here at the end of chapter 3, we reach the crisis of the entire letter. As we are strengthened through the Spirit in the inner person, as we allow Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith, and as we know more about the love of Christ, the process of being filled up to all the fullness of the life and power of God will take place in our heart of mind. Notice verse 20. Now to him who is able. Here we have a doxology giving glory to God. This glorification is in the church and in Christ Jesus. That is to say, it is within the company of believers in union with Christ that God is glorified. Such glorification is through his providential means. He is constantly working to achieve his goal in us. The Lord is praised for his power that works in us to listen to our requests, our thoughts, and blessing our efforts in his divine service, for his divine service. The church is where God's glory is best on display. The church is Christ's body. Ephesians 1, verse 23, Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, Ephesians 5 and verse 30. Christ and his church are deeply and intimately related. The church makes God's glory known because of its very existence as a multi-ethnic community that is reconciled to God's beautifully complex wisdom. Ephesians 3, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 11 through 22. The glory of God can be seen in the church when his people are living as he has called them to live. The transformation he has ignited in the lives of his people, according to the power that is at work within us, solidifies that he is more than worthy of our praise. As we praise God, let's remember the many ways he has demonstrated his love toward us. We know God loves us because of his spirit who reveals his love toward us in scripture. It is an act of love in time because of his son who died in our place and because of his church, which provides us with both 
identity, and purpose. It is because of his love we have hope. Because of his love we can face the difficulties of life. This is what Paul had in mind when he wrote, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 35 through 37. Those who appreciate the love of Christ are better prepared to withstand temptation and persecution. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians and by extension for us real, reveals not only his concern for the brethren, but also his dependence upon God. Because he cared for them, he prayed for God's blessing to be bestowed upon them. Like Paul, it is our charge to pray for one another. When we do, we must reverently petition God, knowing that he hears and answers prayers on his time that are prayed according to his will. To God be the glory. This lesson is yours. Thank you, Christians, for listening. I pray that something has been said that has been helpful on your spiritual walk, reinforcing God's will in our hearts and mind. Next week's lesson is from Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 16, and is titled, Walking Worthy. Brother Robert McLean brought up the concept of Consumer Christianity, Lord's Day, October 8th. I would suggest a consumer Christian, as Paul exhorted in Ephesians 4, is to walk worthy of being a new creature in Christ. Notice Matthew 10 and verse 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Let us go to our Heavenly Father in prayerful supplication. Father God, we humbly approach your throne of grace with due reverence and awe, recognizing your omnipotence, your power, and your totality. You are God all by yourself. You are the creator, and we are your handiwork. You have created us and not we ourselves. What an extraordinary awareness it is to have the opportunity through your revealed and inspired word to be able to seek your will, your way, your wisdom. We are thankful, Father, constantly for your long-suffering, your everlasting love, your extraordinary commitment to us as your children. We pray for those who do not know you, 
We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it's eternally too late. We pray for the sick, for the shut-in, for those who remain in mourning. Father, give them all those things they stand in need of this day. Give us all those things, Father, that we need. Build us up where we're torn down. Sustain us and help us through the storms of life, Father. We thank you for your sacrifice of your only begotten Son on the old rugged cross, Father. We thank you for the blood he shed to wash away the sins of mankind. Help us, Father, to recognize the awesome gift that you have offered to those willing to receive it in faithful recognition. We seek that day, Father, when we are able to hear, Well done, and enter into your presence forever. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, church, let us rejoice together, grieve together, and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Be kind to one another, stay safe, count it all joy. Bye for now.